Sudan's civil war started in April, and it continues. In recent days, fighting's forced thousands of civilians to flee the city of Wad Moderni. More broadly, seven million people are internally displaced by the war. A million more have fled to neighboring countries. Thousands of others have lost their lives. And there are multiple accounts of atrocities. They went from door to door, rounding up the men. They took them out and killed them. They called the father of my children into the street, shot him and killed him. The UK says these attacks bear all the hallmarks of ethnic cleansing. That's in Darfur in the west of Sudan. To the east is the capital, and it's being destroyed. Khartoum's become a battleground with airstrikes and many buildings damaged and set alight. Many basic services are gone. And as the war continues, according to the UN, millions are one step away from famine. And it's too dangerous for much aid to get in. In some areas, we have a limited to no presence at all. Uh, Khartoum is a good example of that. Uh, there are a couple of NGOs that are present. The UN is not able to be there right now. For this reason, for many reasons, Sudan is under severe pressure. And to understand the war that's causing this, we need to look at the present and the past. Sudan is one of the biggest countries by area in Africa. Its population is 46 million. And since independence in 1956, it's largely been run by the military. For 30 years, that meant Omar al-Bashir being in charge. And his rule connects directly to what's happening now. Because Bashir always feared the army, which he led, could turn against him. To try and avoid that, to counter the army's power, Bashir empowered a group of Arab militia, known as the Janjaweed. And in the 2000s, these militia were accused of ethnic cleansing and mass rape in Darfur. The US called it genocide. And over time, the Janjaweed evolved. With Bashir's support, they became a paramilitary force called the RSF, the Rapid Support Forces. And the RSF answered directly to Bashir. He often used to speak about it in speeches, in public speeches, that uh, this is my protection. And uh, there is one speech where Bashir said that the best decision he made was forming the, uh, uh, the Rapid Support Forces. In time, he may have revised that assessment because in 2019, Bashir's fear became real. The army deposed him with the support of the RSF. Civilian protests had applied pressure too. A power-sharing agreement between civilian and military leaders was supposed to lead to civilian rule, but it didn't. In 2021, the army seized power to avoid civil war, it said. But in April this year, a civil war arrived because tensions between the army and the RSF boiled over. And by this point, the RSF was much more than a militia. This is Alex Duval, an expert on Sudanese politics. They control Sudan's most lucrative gold mines and they export gold to Dubai. They're a mercenary outfit. They've rented out their fighters to fight in, in Yemen, more recently in, in, in Libya. They're, they are a looting machine and they get support from the uh, from Russia, uh, formerly Wagner Group, and from the United Arab Emirates. UAE authorities have denied this, but this month Sudan expelled 15 Emirati diplomats and once more accused the UAE of supporting the RSF. And wherever its backing comes from, there's no denying the RSF's military strength. Its territorial gains are marked here in yellow, both in and around Khartoum and in Darfur. The red areas are controlled by the army which is on the retreat. In the words of The Economist, 
a genocidal militia is winning the war in Sudan. And once more, the RSF stands accused of committing atrocities. This is the British government speaking in October about Darfur. Innocent people are being attacked by militias, particularly by the RSF. Uh, they are being uh, hounded from their homes and murdered. Women are being raped and attacked. This is all, has all the hallmarks of ethnic cleansing. That's the UK. The US has referred to haunting echoes of the genocide that began almost 20 years ago in Darfur. The accusation is that the RSF and allied Arab militia are targeting certain ethnic groups. In particular, the Masalit people. In Sudan, they're considered black Africans, while the RSF are Arab majority. And the traditional capital of the Masalit people is El Jenaina. You can see it here in Darfur. And El Jenaina was targeted by the Janjaweed in 2003. Now, 20 years on, a key Sudanese army base located in El Jenaina has fallen to the RSF. These pictures from early November show RSF fighters celebrating at the base. The pictures have been verified by the BBC. And around this time, reports of atrocities against civilians began to emerge. The UN put out a statement saying, we're extremely alarmed by reports that rapid support forces and their allied Arab militia killed hundreds of ethnic Masalit civilians. These reports are difficult to verify. It's too dangerous for international news organizations to operate in Darfur. But the UN and other organizations have received accounts of murder and rape from survivors and witnesses, many of whom have fled from Darfur into Chad. A man entered the room wearing the patched RSF uniform with his face covered. When he entered, he removed his face cover and I saw his face and his eyes. This man assaulted me and raped me. There are also photos and videos of alleged atrocities in the same area. The area is called Ardamata, and it's close to that army base seized by the RSF. This image first appeared online on the 6th of November. It shows bodies lying on a street. They're in civilian clothes. BBC Verify has geolocated this to Ardamata. We've also verified videos showing possible RSF brutality. This one shows dozens of men and boys in civilian clothes forced to sit on the ground by armed men, some of whom are wearing RSF uniform. The BBC has geolocated the incident to this bridge in Ardamata. Another video of the same incident shows the men being harassed, some are being whipped. And then this video of a different incident shows men being kicked and beaten with a gun. Once more, BBC Verify has geolocated this to Ardamata. The RSF denies involvement in any violence against civilians in this area. It blames the army. It describes the deliberate artillery shelling in Ardamata orchestrated by the Sudanese armed forces and its extremist allies linked to the former regime. And while the two sides exchange bullets and allegations, the US has concluded both have committed war crimes. In early December, it stated that the army and RSF have unleashed horrific violence, death and destruction across Sudan. And this conflict threatens not only Sudan, but far beyond it too. Sudan's war is destabilizing the entire Nile Valley, the Horn of Africa, and the Saharo Sahelian region. Alex Duval says there are several reasons for this. The number of refugees fleeing Sudan is one. This is another. If the RSF were to win, this would, this would mean 
that uh, neighboring countries, Egypt and Ethiopia and Eritrea, would likely be dragged into the conflict in one way or another. Despite these risks, the war continues. The escalating fighting in Wad Madani and the sight of fleeing civilians is the latest evidence that efforts to end this war have got nowhere. There have been various initiatives, including talks hosted by Kenya, but they haven't worked. In part because neither of the warring sides appears motivated to end this. But they also feel like um, they can win this war, uh, and, and that has been also part of the issue as to why the international efforts to mediate peace have failed. So far, though, there is no winner in this war, but a great deal is being lost because Sudan is collapsing as a functioning state with all the instability and suffering that that inevitably brings. And right now there appears a limit to what the world can do about it.